chapter eleven of from slave cabin to pulpit by peter randolph this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter eleven in many fields some of the white protestant churches have done noble work along this line the clarendon street baptist church of which i spoke is a good illustration of this fact but most of the white churches for some reason are indifferent or soon tire of the work the catholic church of rome is taking advantage of this indifference on the part of protestants toward their colored brother the progress of the church of rome among the colored people for the last few years will surprise any one who will look into the subject the colored people of america in the main are protestants and so inclined it will be no credit to the protestant church of america to let the church of rome capture these out of her hands it has been my privilege to visit many of these scattered and weak churches and do what i could to help them worcester mass was also one of the places where i labored for a short time endeavoring to build up the people the colored baptists there as elsewhere were weak and struggling for existence i presented their interest to the white brethren of the denomination but they were slow to take hold of the work and rather inclined to criticize the colored people for their mode of worship this i tried to show was the result of the institution of slavery for which the whole country was in part responsible at the close of my remarks a brother minister arose and said that he was very much interested in what i had to say and while continuing he said to the congregation brethren we may not as individuals have injured the colored people but we have as a nation and we might just as well acknowledge it how much better was this simple testimony to the truth than all the skilled and apologetic arguments made in defence of the wrong against the coloured people when joseph's brethren had time to think and talk the matter over they said one to the other we have wronged our brother when the american people have had plenty of time to think over their relation to their coloured brother they will make the acknowledgment that the brothers of joseph made we have wronged our brother i alluded to the testimony of the minister at worcester because it was an exceptional thing for a clergyman to speak out as he did in the dark days of slavery there was hardly one minister out of a hundred that spoke in behalf of the oppressed slave and to-day the same might almost be said of the ministers in the south and the north relative to the barbarous and inhuman outrages committed on the coloured people this is a christian nation yet the burning of coloured people at the stake is of frequent occurrence we tremble and shudder when we read fox's book of martyrs but who is affected at the burning of negroes alive in the south the pulpit should speak out against this blot on american christian civilization but it is conspicuous for its silence we need another webster to say if the pulpit is silent she is false to her trust speaking of the colored people and the difficulties they have in their church affairs reminds me of a visit i made to cleveland ohio some years ago in conversation with the deacon of the first baptist church he turned on this phase of the subject with the colored churches he spoke of the difficulties he had experienced in the early history of his own church and expressed himself as not being surprised at the troubles the colored congregations had for coming as many of them did from different parts of the south uneducated and untrained confusion was rather expected this deacon's view is the most intelligent and charitable that i have heard from a white brother concerning the colored churches in the north 
his idea on this point is worthy of repetition certainly if the white churches with all their intelligence and systems have church fusses what must be expected where there is no system and no education to speak of if the green tree can barely escape how will the dry tree be affected the progress that some of these churches have made in spite of difficulties is an evidence that there are possibilities within the church which if properly cared for will make them efficient and self-supporting my work at mashby among the indians also claims a brief mention in these notes mashby gayhead and many other settlements in the vicinity of cape cod are distinguished for their indian descendants in the early days of new england history some of the most warlike tribes lived in this neighbourhood of course the remnant that now remains is not the genuine article but a mixture of white and coloured people by intermarriage still there is much that is characteristic of the indian the people at gayhead and mashpee have remained somewhat to themselves in a separate reservation have their own schools and churches and in the main they are farmers and fishermen some of the best whalers that have chased after the kingfish have come from among these half-indian young men the gayhead boys have made themselves prominent by the bravery that was exhibited in rescuing the survivors from the wrecked steamer city of columbus i found the mashpee people to be kind intelligent and lovers of their church and though my stay among them was of short duration they were well pleased with the service i rendered them as a preacher their church was located a little back in the woods on a hill and close by a stream tradition says that this stream or pond was the favourite trout fishing ground for daniel webster the great statesman while supplying this church i met here a friend of mine from boston who was not considered much of a church-goer he expressed the idea that he would like to hear me preach accordingly like nicodemus he sought a by-path which led indirectly to the church and sat on the outside to listen while the worshippers were assembled inside he took his departure however before the congregation was dismissed and no one saw him come or go he informed some members of the church that he had been to the church and heard me preach and to convince them he related a story that i told of a man crossing a river with his sheep which he characterized as that sheep story the last time i met him in boston he wanted to know about that old sheep story as i was the first colored preacher to supply these people they turned out en masse on the first sunday and manifested much curiosity expecting to see me get happy jump up and shout happily for them they were forced to change their minds on this respect nantucket which seems to be cut off from the rest of the world cannot be reached by the pedestrian but he who would reach its shores must go by the way of the briny deep i had made arrangements to supply the baptist church on this island for a short time but the sunday i was expected i did not arrive because there was so much water between myself and the island it has been the rule of my life always to be punctual in regard to my appointments and doubtless much of the success i have had is due to this fact but this is one of the times that i got left i had been misdirected as to the direct course to nantucket and after going a station or two out of my way i had to return and start again and accordingly when i arrived at hyannis on the cape where i was to take the steamer the boat not waiting for me had taken its departure and there would not be another until monday morning 
i was informed also that the next train back to boston would be on monday morning this was anything but consolation i was at two extremes the end of the railroad and at my wit's end here i found myself in a strange place and among strange people and must remain half the day saturday and all day sunday what to do was the question i inquired for the baptist pastor and found one rev j bronston by name he met me at his door as a gentleman and a christian i related to him my story and disappointment in not reaching nantucket he extended to me the hospitalities of his home and invited me to remain over sunday i attended the service in his church in the morning the theme of his discourse was the providence of god in the affairs of men he referred to me as an illustration of the subject how in the providence of god i was prevented from going to nantucket that i might remain in hyannis over sunday the subject and the manner in which he treated it made a great impression upon me he announced to his congregation that i would preach in the evening and give some account of my slave life and advent to boston accordingly at the evening service a large congregation was present i did the best i could in the way of preaching and related some facts of my slave life how i came to boston in eighteen forty seven with sixty-six companions and so on one of the pleasant and surprising things to me was that there was an old brother in the audience who remembered the time of our arrival and was one among the crowd that greeted us at long wharf boston the presence of this gentleman gave a double emphasis to all i had to say on this point on monday morning i took my departure from hyannis believing firmer than ever that the providence of god guides in the affairs of men in crossing that part of the atlantic that lies between nantucket and the mainland one must not look for all smooth sailing if so doubtless there will be some disappointment but you must be willing to smell and taste a little of old ocean on reaching nantucket i was much impressed with the place and its people though the first impression was not a very favourable one for i was looking for a larger town and more activity among the people it was certainly a sea-girt island and ancient in its architectural structures the people were of a mixed population with much of the indian element whose main occupation was that of fishing in the early days of whale fishery nantucket was one of the leading ports the people are proud of their history and take great delight in showing strangers dilapidated buildings that are distinguished for their age the traditional history of the name nantucket seems to be quite familiar among the young people they will tell you about the three islands the sovereign of england gave to his three daughters martha elizabeth and nancy the first two were taken by martha and elizabeth and called respectively martha's vineyard and elizabeth islands as there was only one left nan she took it and the island bears the name of nantucket because nancy took it i cannot say positively that nancy got the best of the three islands for when i discovered that i had to eat clams or fast knowing that i was not too fond of that fish i desired to be in a more convenient place on the whole my stay at nantucket was pleasant and i have made several visits to the island i will also briefly state that i preached for a while in albany new york and also served the church at west newton massachusetts for one year all these fields i have mentioned include the time after my return from the south 
doubtless much of the work done in these fields was imperfect but i have had occasion to rejoice again and again at the result of the seed that was sown End of chapter eleven